When you're talking about JFK, though, I, I, I'd like to think that I would share that same kind of confidence if I were nailing Marilyn Monroe. Three men, five headlines, no warning and no rules. It's a right angle lightning round. Before we get to the headlines, though, just uh, click the thumbs up, click the notification thing, give us a good rating, whatever it is on whatever service you're, you're using. We could sure use the support. OK, with that out of the way. Let's get to the headlines. And Bill, my notes say we're starting with you this week. Oh, this is a, a juicy bit from Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. You know, MSNBC is the reliably uh, loony left wing network. And Andrea Mitchell, well, she fits in very well there. Uh, she said, I actually think that Joe Biden has a great deal of ego and a great deal of confidence in the foreign policy ability and gets very defensive about some of the criticisms from his past. Wouldn't it have been nice if she'd have had this realization and maybe reported on it, say, a year and a half ago? Maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. Yeah. Um, have you noticed a lot of things suddenly being either reported as true or no longer being vehemently denied with, with slurs and censorship that uh, a year ago were considered to be wacky, nutty, loony conspiracy theories. You know, now all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh that's another thing that's true. Um, Joe Biden's defensive about everything. And and he's defensive about everything because, because he knows that he's a fraud. Uh, people who have confidence have the ability to to laugh at themselves. I mean, Kennedy famously joked that at a press conference, he's, he, they were talking about uh, whether his father had bought some votes for him or not. He said he got on the phone with his dad and his dad said, you know, okay, buy some votes, but I'll be damned if I'm paying for a landslide. Now, that's that's confidence. That's the kind of confidence that comes from from a guy who, who you know, is what he is. Um, Joe Biden doesn't have any confidence like that. And that's why he's so brittle. That's the perfect word for him, actually, is, yeah. is brittle. He's he's thin skinned. He's easy to anger. He, he and, and his response is actually kind of bizarre. Many of the times of all the things I've seen of Joe Biden, it's the one backstage where somebody's got something to him and he turns up. He says, why are you so nervous, man? Or something, some, something like that. You know, it's just it's just bizarre. And uh, they knew it. They know it now. The fact that the fact that it's actually starting to come out of their mouths means that, number one, he's already safely elected. And number two, this entire movement is tanking so badly that I'm not saying they're they're uh, rats deserting a flea, you know, a sinking ship, but they're rats that are putting on their life jackets. Right. I mean, they're 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 beginning to realize that this whole thing is going down hard. Yeah, when you're talking about JFK, though, I, I'd like to think that I would share that same kind of confidence if I were nailing Marilyn Monroe. Uh, Scott, over to you. <laughs> I love if you had that kind of confidence, you would be. Uh, con oh, so, Scott, this is the one I gave you just a, a tiny little hint that it was coming up. Contrarian Democrat Tulsi Gabbard to headline at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee conference that's being held in Orlando later this week. Um Get this. Having a popular Democrat speak at the group's main dinner to be held Friday is an extraordinary event, said a uh, CPAC spokesman. And two hours after the announcement, the dinner had been sold out. Um, and Scott, as you know, uh, Gabbard is uh, kind of a, 
uh, anathema in her own party, and yet she's receiving this kind of response, this warm welcome at the premier conservative uh, meeting uh, for the whole year. What do you think that tells us? Not so much about Gabbard, because she's no conservative, but what do you think that tells us about where our political parties are right now? Well, I think it's a shrewd move on the part of whoever in invited her to this event, uh, if only to be able to telegraph to the the small legion of uh, Gabbard supporters uh, during the last election to say, hey, you know, come on in, uh, check us out. It's okay. We we invite your uh, your banner, what do they call that, your standard bearer uh, into the place. We want to hear what she has to say. And frankly, I think things like CPAC could use a little more diversity in that sense, a little yes. more ideological diversity. Instead of just getting together and patting yourselves on the back because you all sing from the same hymnal and you're proud of it and you just want to hear your favorite lines rehearsed by your favorite celebrity politicians – it would be cool if you actually brought some people in who had a little different way of thinking so that you could be challenged. And so you could think, gee, how would I answer something like that? Or is it possible that people I view as absolute enemies may have enough common ground to at least spark a conversation? So maybe we need to start listening a little more and say, you know, if I met a Democrat who was like Tulsi Gabbard, I think I could connect in an, an ideological and, uh, frankly, just a personal level there in a way that would be constructive, in a way that would move things forward, in a way that would perhaps eventually recruit somebody like that to reconsider her political affiliations and to link up with a party that sees a better future and is going somewhere. So I think that's great. I mean, I, I was at CPAC at least one year and I followed the goings on there for a couple of years. And after a while, I thought, you know what? I I get bored at things like that. I just yeah. don't. I, I mean, I know you don't go to the sessions. You hang out in the hall and talk to people. <laughs> yeah, I but hang out it's in the like, lobby bar and I meet everybody yeah. that way. But I, I just think that getting together with a bunch of people who already agree with you just so you can talk about how much you agree with each other and then quibble over tiny little details where you disagree with each other is is not helpful to the party. Really engaging in the, the battle of ideas by bringing somebody in and listening to her like Tulsi Gabbard, I think that's genius. Yeah. And Gabbard is, as I said, she's no conservative. Policy-wise, I'm not going to agree with her on very much, but she's against the woke nonsense and she's a huge supporter of the First Amendment. And that tells me that like uh, like Tip O'Neill, that's a Democrat that conservatives can do business with, just like Ronald Reagan did. Uh, Bill, over to you. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with this. A uh, Canadian uh, member of parliament claims that honk honk, you know, from the, uh, from the Ottawa uh, truck convoy, the Freedom Convoy, is an acronym for Hail Hitler. Oh, my. Have yeah. we lost our minds? Uh, some of us have. And she um, said Hail Hitler, not Heil Hitler, by the way. That we, was she said Hail Hitler. She didn't say Heil Hitler? No, she said Hail Hitler. <laughs> Howdy Hitler. No, it's Canada. <laughs> Howdy Hitler. Is that what you said? No, it's Canada. <laughs> Hail Hitler. You get a, lot of, get a lot of frozen stuff up there. Uh, my only real response to this, Steve, would be, Allow me to take a few steps back while you continue to be clown yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's really basically it. <laughs> that's all you need. All right. Yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty much it. Well, it's the old trope that conservatives want liberals to keep talking and liberals want conservatives to uh, to, to shut the hell up. And, I, you know, I say liberal. I shouldn't use that anymore. It's, there's something liberal about today's left. Call them the left. Call them progressives. But in the actual meaning of the word liberal, 
there's none to be found there anymore. I'm surprised uh, Hail she Hitler. didn't. Hail Hitler! Surprise! <laughs> surprise! She didn't go after Next all time those Somebody honkies. cuts me off in traffic. I'm a Nazi. That's right. Morons. You honky. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, Scott, over to you. NBC's China Olympics were a ratings disaster. The 2022 Winter Olympics that wrapped up in China over the weekend uh, left the major network, NBC, questioning its almost $8 billion investment that it gave for exclusive U.S. rights to the games through the year 2032. How many times, Scott, do they have to get woke and go broke before they realize that Maybe they should leave the politics out of the sports. Well, I think if they were smart, they should have negotiated for exclusive Norwegian rights to the games. Um, you know, if they if they wanted to to be broadcasting to a country that really cared about the outcome, because in the medal count, I think it was Norway that came in number one, and what was the U.S. was like number five or something like that. Oh, we just we, we we yeah, it was awful this yeah. year. Yeah. So, um, and it's funny because on several occasions during the course of the games, when I had a spare moment, I don't I don't turn on the TV. Like if my wife's not around, like she went away for the weekend a couple of weeks ago, I don't even turn on the TV. It doesn't even occur to me. And um, but I thought, hey, I wonder if anything cool is happening in the Olympic Games. I always love snow sports and ice sports yeah. and stuff like that. And I'll, I would turn on the TV and I would just catch the last two minutes as they were signing off for the night because wrong time zone. I mean, you, can, you can't even watch the thing in this country. It's on the other side of the earth. Um, so, and, and then the other weird thing, by the way, cause I was like their reluctant viewer who, who desperately attempted to try to see something of interest. I, I did tune in for the only lengthy piece I saw, as it turns out, I'm halfway into it. And I realized they're not even skating for competition. They're just putting on a show. Like it was almost like it was an audition for the traveling Disney shows that these people are going to be part of after the Olympics are over when they'll be skating around as Tinkerbell somewhere in some arena in Toledo. Um, but I, I thought there was one other weird aspect of it. They had a, an announcer who, who sounded like she was from um, Australia. I don't know who she is. But she appeared to be a, you know, like they usually get for these things, an attractive young woman, blonde sure. hair and uh, well-spoken and stuff like that. Almost never did they do a tight shot on her. Like they never came in and did a headshot where it was just shoulder, you know, to kind of sternum up with the face. In Every shot was seemed like it was like the director was the guy who designed the set and he wanted to make sure that you saw the set. <laughs> So it's like, and frankly, the leggy blonde who was standing on the set was only an obstacle to you being able to see the complete set in all of its glory. So that was that was the most interesting thing I saw in the Winter Olympics. Um, wow. I think that they need to find ways beyond just creating new imaginary sports that nobody ever dreamed of before. And then so that they could announce, this is the first time the U.S. has meddled in this sport that was created six weeks ago. You know, <laughs> just they need to, to, to revivify this. And maybe they need to have like a, like a games for our hemisphere and a game for the other side of the earth so, and, and one that we can actually win so that Americans want to watch. Uh, yeah, I used to love the Olympics. I stopped. I started falling out of love when we started sending professional basketball players to the games because yeah. it, it really soiled the idea of us sending our best amateur athletes for the love of the sport and the love of competition. And I just I, I miss those days. I know politics got involved in, in the Cold War, but 
not to the degree they are now, particularly on our side. And NBC's production was so bad that the couple of times I, I tried tuning in and I never thought this would happen, but they made me long for Bob Costas. Wow. But, okay. and, and one more thing oh, that they could do, Steve, yeah. frankly, is because all I really got to see was some ice skaters. Um, you just get me one American ice skater who dresses like Indiana Jones, bullwhip and all, and skates around there like a man should skate, instead of dressing like a fairy princess butterfly and and like doing all these real feminine gestures and everything. Like, who wants to watch that? It's uh, an awesome idea. While you're on YouTube, uh, SNL did a sketch uh, during one of the Winter Games, I don't know, four, eight, 12 years ago, something like that. It was the straight man's figure skating competition. <laughs> and it's... It's one of the funniest things they've ever done. Just I'm don't turn this down. show off. This show's too important. But when this show is over and you've watched all the other Bill Whittle stuff, then <laughs> go look for that. All right. Uh, I don't have a headline for me today. Uh, instead, I'd, I'd, I'd like to do something a little different to close out the show. It's a dramatic reading. Um, it's ironic that uh, the failed peace conference over Ukraine was was held in Munich just uh, this last week. Hmm. And oh, it is really? <laughs> yeah, apparently it's some annual or oh, whatever thing. Well, and it's downright scary that presidentish Joe Biden sent alleged vice president Kamala Harris to be the U.S. representative. And you wonder why Russia just gobbled off a piece of Ukraine. Anyway, I want to do a dramatic reading of a statement that the alleged Vice President Kamala Harris made over the weekend. And I, I, I hope you'll get the thrill out of this that I got. She said, Abso, we strongly believe and remember also that the sanctions are a product not only of our perspective as the United States, but a shared perspective among our allies. And the allied relationship is such that we have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one, especially because, remember also, we still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. And within the context, then, of the fact that the window is still opening, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open, the deterrence effect, we believe, has merit. Churchillian. And what there it is. you have it. You know, <laughs> folks, I've made my living for 20 years now making fun of politicians, but I, I, I can't do any better than Kamala Harris is. She's going to put me out of work just like a Democrat. And that's your right angle lightning round. Watch the members of BillWhittle.com. God bless them. Whew, we need something. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. 